Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today, we are recapping the Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 4, and full spoiler details. So if you haven't seen it, uh, I would get out of here now. It would be very smart for you to just not listen to all the spoilers. Um, and I'm here with my favorite hungry bantha. It's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? You know, I was doing good before we started this podcast, Michael, and you you just grabbed our podcast host. Now you're now you're starting to rip his arms off and like, listen, you have you really have a podcast debt. If you if you put down our podcast guests, I will I will forget the debt. You don't have to worry about it, Michael. Perfect. And we do have a guest here today. Um, this is the sonic boom of podcasting. You know that great sound that the uh, the Slave One slash Star uh, Fire Spray lets out? Yeah, this is like whenever you hear him, it's kind of like that. It's the same feeling you get. It is, uh, it's Eric from the New Dad and Newer Dad podcast. Eric, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Happy to finally be podcasting with, with Tony himself. <laughs> Yeah, this is a throwback to uh, last time Eric was on. Tommy was not here, um, and there was there was a, a a Tony called out, not necessarily Tommy, but a Tony. Yeah, I, I you know I listened to that. I was on a treadmill on in a hotel on vacation, and I was listening, and I heard my name was Tony, and I was like, do I have to go? Do I have to go to the government? Tell them my new name? Get it all officially changed? Tommy, but is Tony better? Is Tony a better name? Honestly? Tony might be better. <laughs> Tony's better than Tommy. I, have a brother I like Tommy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, but listen, was, Tony uh, is like the mob boss, and Tommy is like the henchman. He's I would copy. <laughs> like slide in and be like, Tommy, who? <laughs> well, do you want to be the mob boss? Like, listen, I almost want to be one of the underlings. You're getting healthy pay. Maybe you get some. You could like maybe do they give you badges if you're part of like a crime mafia? Like Ross part of Boba Fett's crew. Do I get a little badge I can flash around and be like, hey? Like Girl Scouts, like yeah, like well, like, like a police badge, maybe more than like Girl Scouts, like like a hey, like give me a drink, maybe I'm I'm part of Boba's team. Oh, so uh, Santo got his uh, dismemberment badge this episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> congrats. Uh, well, Eric, I want to, uh, you know, the audience they should be very well acquainted with you at this point, but uh, I, I want to I want to get your take specifically on the book of Boba Fett. What what have you been thinking about this series? Um. Uh, it's it's good. I mean, any Star Wars is good Star Wars. Um, I'm of that school of thought. Uh, I'm not like a historian. I just watch Star Wars over and over again. Um, that's all. I, I love watching Star Wars. I love Boba Fett specifically. Um, I don't know. I just, I love it. Uh, I'm waiting for this to pick up a little bit. Um, this was an action-heavy episode, which is great, um, which I'm not sure it leaves a ton for us to talk about. But I think we said that when we talked about uh, the Bad Batch episode, and then we talked for a really long time. Um, but, of course, we got Moochie back then. But, uh, yeah, this was just a, a lot of action here. Yeah, I mean, we're close to Moochie at this point. We got we got some stuff to talk about Moochie-wise. But, uh, Tommy, uh, what was your reaction on the episode here? It was fine. It, it, it's fine, Michael. Like every, But this is the thing. You take episode one, two, three, and four – Put it all together into one episode. We could have got all this content in one episode. And, like, I am frustrated because I think there is really good story here. And I think there's a lot of good stuff. And usually I'm like, oh, it's going too fast. We need to slow down. I think it's too slow. And I think, like, some of the things they're, they're taking time to slow down and explain are things that we don't really need to get into. I feel like could, could get yada yada a little bit. And the things, you know, that's how that's where I'm at. It's like, I feel like I really like this episode. But again like one of the things is like we we show bk 
And then it's like, uh, but like we could have just gave him the job last week. Why do we have to like? Oh no, you had to go run away to the city, but I'm gonna bring you right back. I don't know. That's that's where I'm at. Talk me off the talk. Talk me into it. Well, Tommy. Okay, so we uh, for those who didn't listen, we just celebrated our one year anniversary, right? So what I did is I went back and I listened to our very first episode. And and here's a quote from myself, right? Marvel is always about criticizing the franchise, and Star Wars is always always about defending the franchise for me. Um, so even when Star Wars isn't good, I want to be like, guys, come come on, like it's it's fun. Um, and and I can see where like um, I don't know, like it, especially for like a super casual fan, I don't think they're ever going to be interested in the show in any way, shape, or form. But I feel like there's. Uh, and Eric, you said there's not a whole lot to talk about. I have so many nuggets about this episode that I'm t- excited to get into. And I'm, I'm I'm here to like try to convert you guys or, or may- maybe make you a little bit more positive on the series because we've got we've got we still got four more episodes. We're only halfway there, and I think we got some really cool stuff to come based on what was teased. So the more the like the more times I watched this episode, the more I was like, okay, but there's there's a few more things here going on that that I didn't catch the first time. Um but the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, boy, what are we going to talk about here? Yeah. Um, well, if you guys are down, we'll go ahead and dive into the episode uh, a little more scene by scene here. Um, and let's start with, uh, well, I guess I guess the first time we get, we get we're, we're back with Boba Fett in the flashback. Um, he is on his Bantha, and he's going to scout out uh, Jabba's palace here. And we see, like, a new angle of Jabba's palace that I, I don't think we've ever seen before, which is like this hangar. Um, so yeah, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a Jabba's Jabba palace centric episode, which uh, I'm down for. Yeah. This is like the back hangar where like they bring in the supplies. People sit back there. They look off to the two moons. They're drinking their uh, blue milk alcoholic version. And they're like, ah, oh, man, what, what's it like to be an underling to Jabba, but not the main guy. This is not the same hangar door that we, we see in, in return. Do we see it? Maybe, maybe I'm like completely. Maybe not from it. that angle, but like we we definitely see it. But I think this is from like I feel like we see it from the others. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, we'll we'll, to, we'll fact check that one. Um, but uh, yeah. So he's scouting out. He's not quite ready. There's there's too many guards out and about. Um, but this is when we get a uh, we get a flare up in the sky, and we get the Mando Ching, which uh, I thought we were about to see Mando, but um, I guess we had to see Finnick first. He's gonna go find Finnick. Uh, Tommy, what do you think about like um, getting the other side of all of this? Like, we kind of we know how this works. Like, we again, like we've assumed how because we saw in the Mandalorian, I think it was a even a post credit scene where um, we see like this mysterious figure coming up to Finnick and trying to revive her or whatever. So it's like we kind of figured out what happened here. Um, so I guess Tommy, from your perspective, was it worth seeing the actual journey? No. <laughs> it was not. It, 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 the only thing that like the end parts were cool, like them going to the the palace, doing all that, even getting the the the, the work done on her. I thought that was stuff was like more interesting. But like again, we you could cut like a good five minutes from just like we don't need to see the ship. And he, you know, it was cool. We get the the Mando drop of the the sound drop, uh, which was fun. But it's just like it, it wasn't it wasn't worth the squeeze for me. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of like walking to something. And then we go to that thing and then we see that thing. And then we look at like, it's just, <laughs> there's a lot of time spent on this stuff. <laughs> what there's, say you, Eric? There's no way that, that the time that it takes him to, to walk over there with the Bantha, that she survives this thing. 
he sees the flare and like that's not even when like she gets shot even right i mean the other shoots her that's true well and uh, again here i am i'm gonna be the defender of the episode um but just taking this stuff apart like i'm not mad at it i'm just like yeah the bantha walks so slow she's dead like she's not surviving that well, I think he, I think really he needed like that lizard from Revenge of the Sith that Obi Wan Kenobi rides. I think like maybe like the yeah like yeah. The... <laughs> um, but yeah, so he picks up Finnick's hand here, and this is and okay. Uh, I'm just gonna continue to defend this episode. Here we go, um, because I, I've already seen some complaints about this, but he's gonna take him to the the mod parlor or whatever. Um, again, this is very much reminiscent of the biker gang. I don't think a lot of people liked the biker gang. I don't think they liked the way they looked. Um, but this is basically like their crowd. This is, might be where they hang out. Um, we get a lot more. It's more like a cyberpunk vibe than it is like a Star Wars vibe. But but here's here's my pitch. Okay, um, very rarely do we see like an evolution of of locations in Star Wars, right? And I, I think it is a like uh, we always talk about like it's like technology technology never truly advances in Star Wars. And I think this is a situation where we actually see it advancing. We see like uh, Tatooine evolving a little bit. Um, so I think the biker place alone or the biker gang alone is kind of weird. But when you factor in that, like, there's these mod parlors and there's like different things going on in Tatooine now, I'm kind of down for it. I liked it. Eric, what do you think of the, this, all, all of the mod stuff? I don't know. I mean, I think the only way that it works is by introducing the, the gang, you know, in the previous episode, because otherwise then it's like, what are these people doing here? So you had to have introduced that gang previously for this to work and for him to even you know consider working with them previously it's like it's all interconnected and it's it's fine the way they they shoehorn it in uh i don't know it it's fine like they did what they had to do you know she should have been dead no matter what it's it's fine (laughs) it's fine it's all fine yeah i do see your point it's like it almost makes for me it almost makes a better game make more sense because like well they needed that there to explain like people have like you know these technological uh parts of their body now like this is a thing but we're in the cyberpunk steampunk version of star wars which like we've seen bits of so like i i don't know i i do have less like issues with it. i feel like star wars has danced around like the steampunk vibe and like now it's like we're going full into it uh and and it's fine again like is, is boba fett gonna have an army of like these like punk uh bikers like he's gonna get more of them now and you know even this even our bounty hunter we thought she was just a bounty hunter nope she's also a uh, a robot so it's like man got them all. why why do these people why do they all have to ride these shiny moped bikes aren't they allowed to do anything like why do they why are they only allowed to ride these kind of bikes well, I don't think they're they have to, but they seem to be like much like I think the complaint is that those bikes are much nicer than something you would typically see on Tatooine. Um, but like in an ideal world, wouldn't you rather ride one of those than like a dirty rusty speeder? Should they all have various different types of bikes? Like one of them is like a unicycle speeder. And then one of them is like a tiny, like a little tiny motorcycle that like, their knees are up to there. Yeah, it should all be varieties of bicycles. I would yeah. like that way. They're all like into like mods and stuff, and they should all be riding something different, not like all the same thing that's just like different colors. Okay, that is a good point. I'll, I'll take that. That is uh, that is that is sketchy. Um, I would I would ride the tricycle 
bike in the, in the in the punk Boba Fett. When I jump, big wheel. Yeah, like one big wheel in the front, and I'm in the back, and I'm just. <laughs> you'd have giant, you'd have big weights also. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, and big like frills coming off the handlebars, like real ribbons. Um, so people know I mean business when I'm working for Boba. Uh, a card in the spokes too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> My lucky baseball card. Uh yeah, so um we uh he fixes her up. We get like a I, I do like the music uh in this scene. Um it's like a the synth score that we get. It's fair, like you never see this in Star Wars. That was I, that was very weird. Yeah. I mean like like I would probably like it more in something else, but um like it's good it's it's a good score if nothing else i guess yeah. it definitely looked like they wanted to get david diggs to play that part but they couldn't get him <laughs> yeah i see that um so yeah he fixes him up and uh, uh interesting comment here he says that you don't want to cover up the beautiful machinery which we we immediately see in the Mandalorian, uh, Finnick has covered up the machinery. So I don't know. That's like a very quiet nod, but I, I appreciate it. So um, yeah, so we go back here and uh, Shand wakes up around a fire pit next to Boba. And I don't know, there's not a whole lot for me to say here. Eric, I want to get your take on this um, because this has been a point of controversy uh, in the, Bo uh, the Boba Fett stuff as a whole i see the slave one sitting on your shelf behind you um it's always been called a slave one when you buy when you bought the uh the action figure and the ship it's called the slave one right um they have since changed the name to fire spray um the, uh, boba fett says fire spray he wants to get his fire spray back what do you think of this eric does this is this just non-consequential to you or is this like break everything star wars um i don't know because they so there's a big they, they don't do they actually call it slave one in in anywhere canonically not not anything outside of merchandise yeah so it, it doesn't really like they just need to call it something and, and stick with it but he's like he's calling it what fires fire spray gunship like just pick something and, and go with it that's a little bit uh a little bit long little just call, call it the fire spray or call it the the fs or something just Pick something short and, and go for it. Tommy, do you care about this? Is this uh... you know? I think he needs to do more marketing. Like I think his name needs maybe like the Bobo Mobile, Bobo Bobo Mobile. Maybe it's too wordy. We'll work on that. <laughs> I mean, fire spray gunship. It's technically two words, but it's also four words. So um, yeah, uh, it's not any more wordy than that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like FSPS. Fire spray, go, FSGS, FS, yeah, yeah. All right, get like on. Droid, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, aren't ships just big droids? If you really think about it, Michael. <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, my, biggest, yeah, he, my biggest issue with that is like when when you climb into it, like how do you you have to like jump up into that thing and like grab onto the seat and then like pull yourself up, right? That's what he had to do when he actually made it. I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah. no, yeah, it's a weird ship because like it, it's like you're not right side up until the ship takes off, right? You mm -hmm. have to like lay down in the seat, which I think it's kind of I don't know if it's convenient, but it's kind of cool. It's probably why like he's the only one with it. We think it's we thought it was because it's like a rare ship, but it's like everyone else is like this is not a good ship. I don't know why you use it. No, no one else has the arm strength to actually get into the seat. <laughs> yeah. That's... 
There's a crowd of people around all trying to get in. Boba shows up. It's like, I don't know what you guys' his issue is. Climbs right in. That's how he got the ship. We you guys don't right do pull-ups? what? You guys don't do pull-ups? Oh, yeah. I mean. There's a bar in the back of the fire spray. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tim Morrison's pretty ripped, so. Um, yeah. And he's fully healed now, too. So it's oh, right. thank God he is fully healed. And we don't have to see any of these flashbacks anymore. Is that what that means? We'll, we'll stop down here. It's kind of jumping ahead. But um, yeah, in this episode, it's like very clear that we're no longer going in the back to tank, at least. Um, uh, Tommy, gun to your head. Are we getting any more flashbacks at all? No, I think we're all syndicate. We're all in. Uh, and I think like we got the backstory. I think this could have been like scenes we got released on Disney Plus, like bonus content. Here's the flashback, like you know, almost like hyping up the show. Here's all the flashbacks of uh, Lee of what Bobo was up to before Mandalorian, and that's what we see. And we're in here, and it's just about the syndicate. It's all about him taking, you know, running Josh Pats. I would have liked that because I feel like the flashbacks were like they felt like it was necessary. But I, I don't. I could have. I could have got the email. You know, like this could have been in an email. Could have been a meeting, or an email. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, so uh, Boba is working to recruit Shan to get the fire spray back, and they're going to infiltrate Jabba's palace here. Um, so Finnick, Finnick has a lot of like tools in the butt of her gun. Um, we see like the knife in the last episode, and now she's got like a a probe droid. So there's all kinds of stuff going yeah. on. And, Phoenix gun here um but yeah they kind of scout it out and then uh they're gonna go in so I, I guess like the first most iconic thing that we get here is they fight some droids <laughs> this is uh tommy i, I specifically want to ask you what, what do you think about the droid fight here uh this was the one with the, the with the cook right and the, yes. the i love the cook i know uh, you give, me, <laughs> give me more of the cook that's all i need to see why can't he be a part of boba's team can make the nice meals I don't know what they're eating. Do we even know what Boba and his team's eating? And who's cooking at Jabba's Palace? These are the questions I want to know. I don't care about all the flashbacks. Give me who's cooking at, at uh, Boba's Palace. He didn't. Boba didn't have the foresight to know that he was going to take over the palace, so he didn't. He didn't just power him down. I want the droid version of Hell's Kitchen in Jabba's Palace. Uh, because we do, we, even the last episode, we see like an R2 unit who is like serving them food as well. Um, and then we get a couple of different ones here. So, um, Tommy, more specifically though, I thought you would like the, uh, the smaller droid we meet later on that is like, kind of like trying to evade Boba. Yeah. I mean, he's adorable, but like <laughs> the red catcher. Yeah. yeah. I just, I think I like things with like, like giant arms too. Like, it's like, I don't know. The, sh- the chef was doing it for me. You know, like as, as droids go, I think I would like him on my team. Yeah. And he can make me a nice, nutritious meal. I'll be on the lookout for the black series of the the, yes. the chef truck. We got we to we bag that one. Uh, Eric, any, any standouts here in the uh, in the kitchen fight scene? I mean, the the uh, the rat catcher, I'm actually, I got it playing on, on the background here right now. It happens to be on that scene. Um, the rat catcher droid was awesome. I mean, he was, I, I don't know why Boba thought uh, he was, this was going to be an easy fight for him. He's trained to, to catch rats, so he's going to be quick. Um, you know, running through the fire and stuff. He's a, he's a feisty little dude. Um, I'm kind of disappointed. He just kind of powered himself off at the end there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, look, judge me or not. I watched this. I rewatched the episode uh, with my two year old twins um, and they really liked the scene. Uh, they kept calling that one baby. It was baby. So <laughs> I don't know if I like Rat Catcher anymore. I think it's just baby. It's a baby. 
So, um, yeah, so they go in, uh, they're going to go reclaim um, the fire spray. And, uh, yeah, cool little fight scene. I don't know if I have too much to say here. What about you guys? I think the action's been really Like, that's the thing. Like, the action has been really good. It's just hard to talk about. It was cool action. Uh, yeah, I think, like, um, for the most part, I think everything Boba so far, has, like, that's where they've been, to, in my eyes, successful, you know? Yeah, shouldn't these Gamorians be a little bit stronger? Are they ever though? Like, I don't think if we ever truly see any like they don't like like we saw them get tackled by Santi in the last episode, and here they are like getting wrecked again. Like, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think they are like strong. Like they're getting like one punched by by Finnick and and just knocked down. Yeah, I, I always thought that they had a little bit more in them than that. I mean, they're not necessarily like uh, jacked. You know, they've they got more of a beer belly going on. Yeah. <laughs> so too much time at the cantina, I'd say. That's my take. Um, they, they're just getting the back and hosed down, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I, I was really stressed out in this scene when they're like trying to like turn a fire spray around and they're like destroying the hangar. It doesn't uh, feel right calling it the fire spray, does it? Yeah, I, I'm actually looking at my notes here. I call it Slave One repeatedly, but I'm trying to be more canonically correct here. Um, Strange. You could call it the Boba Mobile once we get that off the ground. Yeah, sure. We'll see how the internet takes that one, Tommy. Let's DM Dave Filoni. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's me, Tommy. You don't know me. <laughs> it's me again. <laughs> New idea. <laughs> Make a make a whole series on droids cooking in Jabba's palace. Also, part twenty seven. Yeah. Uh, DMs. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so th they do get out here, and um, it's time for them to settle some scores, right? Um. The first one being this biker gang. Um. This was cool. Like all the stuff with uh, Slave One slash Boba Mobile slash. Uh, fire spray i loved all like all this stuff uh when he's like blowing these guys up and like this is like this is like pure boba to me right like he is like he's he's killing people that deserve it and he doesn't even like blink about it like he's just it just does it and i, I think it's awesome yeah i agree i think like i i liked like this quick almost like it was a little quick but i was like all right let's go get all our enemies now that we got the ship and it's like dude yeah. it's like going around <laughs> Yeah, everything everything with the ship was awesome. I, I, probably the more interesting thing to talk about is his approach to the Sarlacc pit. Um, and uh, Eric, I've already seen a reaction. What do you got here? Really, really bad approach. Like he didn't think this through at all. Like you go in, you go in, and you shoot first, right? Yeah, yeah. I you think they need to drop the bomb. Warning shots to see what's happening. You back it up, and then and then you go in slowly. You don't just like. Well, what's going on down there? Yeah, it almost seems like they didn't talk the entire time they were driving up to it, and then it's like, oh, we don't, we don't have a plan. Yeah, no, like, they got no talking. They literally got there, and Phoenix like, what's this? A star like pit. Well, Boba makes a weird comment here, um, and I'm like, again, I'm just so lost in the timeline here. He says that this was the beast that uh, I was eaten by many years ago, many years back. And I'm like, like how how long was he with the Sand People? Yeah, how long was he with them? 
I guess many years. <laughs> I guess it was many years. Yeah, I, I guess I could have picked up on that. But again, just like they don't, you're not aging. If you don't age characters, you need text on the screen. This is to all people making movies. You need text on the screen if you're going to tell me there's more than a day time jump. If it's more, if it's weeks, months, years, I need to know that because there's this and there's another show recently I had watched where it's like you just have to assume and it's like, okay, I guess I guess it's been a long time. <laughs> right. Uh, I was thinking about this prior to this episode, but just thinking back to the Mandalorian, how long, because Cobb Vanth had to have had the armor for a fairly long time to secure this, the city, because he said he used the, the armor to secure the city. So he had it for quite a while, at least. So I was thinking, like, it's not like he just had it for a couple months. Like, this timeline would suggest in this show, so he's probably had that for a, at least a year, maybe two years. Yeah, I, look, this is the wrong. If you're looking for timeline stuff on the po- uh, for a, from a podcast perspective, don't don't come here because I, I don't like think any of us have it. Like Cobb Vanth had to have said how long he had the armor, right? Yeah. Well, it does, I mean that does track because I I think the Mandalorian is five years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess I don't know. I don't know. I, I I guess all I guess Boba was probably with the Tusken Raiders for five years. I, that doesn't seem right, but especially because what's weird is he's not aging, um, but he he's actually looking better because his scars are healing every time. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. If he is with them for five years, then like he is really good socially for being with a group that you can't even really understand for five years. You know what I mean? Like it's like who's he talking to? How's he not like got like pet rocks that he's like, all right, Rocky. You're my friend now. Like that's a long time to be with a group with a with a language barrier. Yeah, I mean, he seemed to get pretty friendly with the Banthas, so maybe he just talk to the Banthas. He's pretty much a loner as it is, right? That's true. He doesn't. He, he's not supposed to talk much. I know, uh, despite what the series may say, but yeah. so maybe he already had like a pet rock, is what you're saying. Obviously. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I was getting towards. I'm glad um, we were right there. But uh, yeah, so they're, they're they're leaning into the Starlight Pit here, and they awaken it, and it grabs them. And uh, I, I do have a couple gripes about this moment. But overall, I'm just grateful it happened because when they dropped that sonic bomb inside the Starlight Pit, I mean, that was like the perfect clash between the prequels and the original films for me. It's like this iconic thing from the originals, this iconic thing from the prequels, and the way they just meshed it and killed that Starlight Pit. I have no regrets. I I, I loved everything about it. Um, Eric, what do you think of this? Iconic thing from The Mandalorian, too, because even that, that moment when he uses that in The Mandalorian, that was so effing cool like that was one of my favorite moments from from anything in the mandalorian yeah yeah exactly so um but yeah no more sonic pit tommy and i think that's my thing like the only i agree with you it was cool very cool does it make the star like seem less like listen it can't move you you just need to drop bombs on it you're like it's not that scary of a monster if you really think about it, compared to some of the other creatures in star wars like oh no i moved to the left slightly can't get me now. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you basically have to be in the exact position that Jabba puts you in for it to be a threat. Um, but or, or to, like, be so silly as to, like, lean your ship directly over it. Um, <laughs> I guess my gripes with the scene is, number one, how did Finnick Shan know to press that particular button? And yeah. then number two, 
Um, she, she, she has a really silly line here, in my opinion. She says, fire in the hole. Like, that's like a John McClane line, no? Or like, I mean, that's like, uh, I don't know. It felt lazy. Could have done better. A lot of those little lines in, in this stuff are, are kind of like, they, they almost feel like they don't belong in the world. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they blow up the Sonic Pit. They're searching inside. No armor. And then we kind of get like a fast forward a little bit here. Um, but I, I mean, I get it. It's, it's most of the stuff we saw in the Mandalorian. So, uh, you kind of understand that like, uh, this is, this is where they pick up. They're going to, they're going to hunt down the armor from here. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, I think that's my thing is like, I feel like we spent way more time killing, uh, getting, taking over Jabba's house, which we've already seen. Like that was a teaser to, to Boba. We didn't, they kind of yada yada the armor. What happened? Like, like I want more, you know, maybe that's Mando, but. Yeah, I don't know if I don't remember or I don't know, um, but how did he know to find Mando to get the arm? Oh, I guess he saw him. Yeah, I guess he was he, like, he was like watching the whole time. I yeah, guess. true. And he followed him, tracked him. That's right. You're ringing. It's all. I guess it was just a little like they. It's like almost like you have to watch man, you know, Mandalorian to fully get that. And yet we got the teaser of the guy dying, but it's like. If you're watching Boba, this is a real big nitpick, so we can move past the point. But yeah, I'm forgetting everything now. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to Star Wars podcast, guys. Um, but yeah, uh, no more, no more uh, flashbacks. It seems he gets out. He's completely healed. Looks great. Tamara Morrison, what a babe, looking great coming out of that back to tank. Did it? <laughs> can we just say how beautiful his teeth are, like throughout everything? How does he? How does he do that? They're just gorgeous. That's a good point. Early um, white. I don't know if I noticed it, but now that you mentioned it, I guess yeah, he's got never look away now. Exactly. So, um, yeah, Fennec greets him. She says, um, uh, "All the scars on the outside are, are healed, but what about the ones on the inside? Is that something we're going to explore in this show, Tommy? Like, are we going to get like deep and emotional with like his inner scars as well?" maybe i mean listen they have the time they're spending the time elsewhere uh but <laughs> i mean i think i think it's like they're trying to make boba they're, they're building out the character right like i think i've said before on the podcast it's like he came in and he was just, he was just a bounty hunter which is what made him very cool it was very you know and now we're giving him as any show when you have a main character you need to give him some vulnerabilities and something so yeah maybe we'll, we'll we'll get into some of his deeper i'm trying like all the boba stuff what's the deeper stuff i feel like we've address it to some degree i guess there's more with his father and all that like you could you could dive into you know all his daddy issues but yeah is this where we get mace window back eric oh god no <laughs> um i Stop i like bringing people back to life is what you're saying i liked i really liked when finnick um had the line when she's she's like um um you know all that time with the tuscans made you made you soft um Cause it like, I felt like they like Filoni knew like what the internet was going to be saying, watching like these first three episodes and like, he knew how to combat that. Um, cause it didn't, it didn't, it's not making him soft. It it just, it's, it's showing him what is, what his real values were and, and what's going to make him stronger in the long run. Um, that, that was a nice little moment when they were sitting by the fire and, and they kind of just explained like his, his growth here. Um, which, you know, you never really thought you'd see from somebody like Boba Fett. 
Yeah, I wish when he first got, I get he, I get he was weak and that was probably the, the direction they gave him, but I wish they would have written a scene where it's like we see him being the old Boba for a little bit while he was captured by the Raiders and then learn from them and, and start a transition to be a little more like, yeah, think like maybe don't always go to violence first. And, you know, I think that's where I would have liked to see that transition. It kind of felt like he was, it was very quickly, he was like, okay, I'm in. I'm in with you guys, the Raiders, you know? Right, right. Well, and I think that's what's interesting about Boba Fett, and I, where I do buy into this, because he never really had a family in the way that he had with the Tusken Raiders. He did have his dad, but even then, it was like, like watching the prequels, it's like, that's much more of like, it's almost like a contractual partnership more than it is like a father-son relationship, right? Um, they're like more so just like working together. Um, and then like, we see through the Clone Wars, he's always working with bounty hunters, he's always being hired. Um, it's never like there's no genuine connections in Boba's life. Um, so I do appreciate that. I, I can see where like finally he's able to attach himself to a group and now he's but but you're right, Tommy. I think the point is like uh, it, it, I don't see much difference in the character from the flashbacks to the flash forwards. And I would have liked to like seen more examples of that. Yeah, it's almost like that, like this moment they're trying to be like, see, see, this is why we did this. Yeah, exactly. So, um, well, let's go. Um, Tommy, I feel like you might not. Well, actually, um, we had a cameo here. I'm excited to, because I, I don't know if you guys know this, um, but we're we're going to go get the Wookiee. We're going to go meet our Wookiee again. But I mean, um, miss opportunity, especially for what happened earlier in the episode. Wait, what, what do you mean? Go ahead. Go ahead. I want you to, to announce well, the cameo. <laughs> um, we're, we're all reality TV fans here. Um, and there was a there was there is an actor, I guess he's an I don't know, I guess he's an actor now. Uh he's very briefly seen. He walked past like the, the yellow Twi'lek. Um Tommy, have you heard of this at all? Just a little bit. You told me before. I'm I'm on the edge of my seat to find out. Dr. Will Kirby is in this. Why? <laughs> <laughs> is he friends with Robert Rodriguez? He like, must have had some dude. Yeah, he must have like Gave someone some plastic surgery, and they were like, "Well, I can get you <laughs> to be some." Uh... He said he owes he like some huge favors, so he's definitely going to be doing that. Yeah, yeah. So he's very. It's like I, I, it's like a second. He's like that, but uh, he is there, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 why, I, why was he not the body modifier? That's true. That is like it is like the perfect role. Two lines, it's like two lines. Will Kirby couldn't do two lines and pretended like do stuff with the giant robot arm. Yeah, he was a he was a, he's a singer. I think the guy who was the body. I, I saw it briefly uh, on on one of the things that he yeah. was also a cameo of someone. But maybe he's a bigger deal than Doctor Will. Maybe he got the body modifier, and it's like, oh, sorry, Doctor Will, we just have this one role where you can just walk past the screen real quick. Are you cool with it? It's also weird, like these these situations where like a famous person comes in to a show for like one second. It's like uh, it's very. I feel like it might be a little more difficult to coordinate, like when you're going to come out. Like I, they don't want to like spend the entire schedule like planning around this one like background cameo. So I feel like maybe like they were like, "Hey, Doctor Will, just come on down whenever you're free, and we'll fit you into whatever particular scene is necessary." Well, and I feel like we have, like you know when you think of the tiers of cameos. Reality star is probably the lowest tier, right? Like sport, like sports athletes, I feel like are a bigger deal than when like a reality star is put into like a, a show. Uh, is where I would put it. If you like, yeah, it's like uh, what Daniel Craig and like Prince Harry were were stormtroopers. 
Yeah, they're they gonna be stormtroopers. You listen, Doctor. Well, you're lucky you're even on the show. You get the you get to walk past the screen. That is it. Well, I feel like this is a situation where, like, if this happened in 2001 or whenever he was on the show, it probably would have been a bigger deal. But now it's like nobody knows who Doctor Will is. Um, a See, friend of mine had a theory that they put him they put him in the show so that he can qualify for Celebrity Big Brother. As an actor, we have Book of Boba Pets with Dr. Will Kirby. <laughs> so, the body modifier was uh, a guy named Thundercat. Oh, uh, some cool, kind of, man. yeah, Wait, I think I've heard of Thundercat before. Yes, I have, but for anyways, <laughs> not, not this particular Thundercat, I guess. No, <laughs> I did, it did. It's just a long story. This, it, he went to a comic book store I used to go to, and this whole thing, and the comic book guy got to interview him. Uh, this is not important, but that's how I did the Thundercats. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tommy, I want to get to your, because you, you seem uh, particularly burned by the fact that we're just now recruiting Santi here. Um, well, what do you think of this whole scene? Was it worth it to you? I actually liked the scene. I just feel like it completely, it, it, it just, it's, it takes me out of a show when it's like, well, why, what changed in his mind from fighting him to watching him fight someone else and be like, wait, now maybe I can hire him. Like, it's like, I guess he saw that he's like down, he doesn't know what, like, maybe it was like an olive branch because he's like, oh man, this guy, he's a cause in trouble. Maybe if I can bring him to my side, I can teach him how to maybe go about things a different way. Maybe, but it just, it, you could have just offered him last time we could save the, this this time for something else, in my opinion. But. I guess from my perspective, it's more like, um, it's a combination of um, Boba not necessarily thinking he needed him, and also not realizing that Santi had nowhere else to go. Like, like he let Santi go. He figured that maybe he'd go back to Kashyyyk and hang out with his Wookiee friends. But no, he's still here just hanging out in bars. Like, he was like, all right, well, I'll give him a second chance. The nowhere to go, I, that makes sense. The, the uh, Boba didn't think he needed him. Boba, you just were told you're going to fight the, the, the syndicate, the bikes. The bike. You don't need a, a bounty hunter. <laughs> uh, completely fair. Um, but yeah, I talked about this briefly in another podcast, but like the rivalry between Trandoshans and Wookiees is like a fascinating thing to track here. Um, it's just uh, we get the two planets right next to each other. They don't like each other. They never got along. They war. And uh, yeah, uh, by, uh, BK here, he sees he sees some Trandoshans and he's ready to tear them limb from limb. I did love this. The 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 uh, bar owner, I guess the the she's she's been cracking me up in this scene. Like I thought it was very funny. And then at the like it's like she puts all this effort, then he gets his arms ripped off anyways, and she's like, "All right, music. Let's just get, let's just get the show back on. Like no time to waste." Did you guys catch it that she called him Santo? Yeah, I, uh, I had a friend text me like, "Did they just call this guy Santa?" And I was like, "I it can't be." And then we ended up going back, and uh, yeah, it is Santa. What? And he's got too many nicknames as is. It's Santi, it's BK, it's Chrysanthemum, Black Chrysanthemum, and now Santo. I like Santo. I'm gonna go with Santo. Okay, that's fair. I get. I already. I already have uh, messages to my tattoo artist that that Santo is is gonna be my next piece here. Yes, big round of applause. We need that. Let us know. Hell, I'll post it on the Star Wars Instagram if you do it. So. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, he ends up recruiting him here, and uh, I, gu I guess the next scene here is when he's getting all the the heads of the families together. Um, I don't I don't have too much to say on all this stuff. I guess my interesting thing is like 
Um, it's, it's just fascinating that he's not necessarily wanting, like his proposal is not necessarily you fight with me as like, as like my army. It's more so like, just don't turn on me. Like, I don't know if that was the right approach. I think it's the only way that he, he gets them, right? Yeah, you have no leverage in, like, you're just asking that. Like, it's like, if you ask them to get involved, that's a whole different thing. It's like starting a war, right? But by being neutral almost, it's like it's like you're asking for, like, 10% instead of, like, the full 50. It's like, you're at the full 100. It's like you're just saying, hey, just, just don't get involved with them. If you're not going to help me, just don't help them either. It's kind of thing. So I, I see, I like... I think from his experience with like the huts who were just like, Hey, see ya, we're, we're out of here. I think most syndicates aren't going to get involved anyway. So it's like better to start with this. Maybe some of them will help you, but you know, you're starting at a good base level. If this is negotiations, I think that was a good base level for Boba. That's, that's fair. I just feel like I, you don't need neutral. Par- like, like a neutral party is nice, especially if they're a threat to you. But uh, like at this point, he still needs an army. Who's his army, Eric? Where are we going next? I mean, he, he's got his bikers and they're, and they're shiny bikes. He's got like uh, nine people. And they're, and they're little, uh, you know, laser knives. Um, he's got Santo. Well, he's got Fennec. That's it. Um, is that it? That's it. Right. That's it. He doesn't even have a Sarlacc pit. Well, he's going to go. Get a rancor. Well, we know, you know, at the end of the episode, we we heard the little ocarina. So, you know, he's going to get, uh, he's going to get Mando. Lord know, loves knows that uh, Mando loves a good, um, like side, uh, side. Um, what, what would you call it? Like from a video game. Yeah, side mission. Yeah, side um, mission. we're going to so, get Mando. Interesting. Yeah, Tommy, is that who you picked? <laughs> I was trying to figure out who picked them. Oh yeah, coming in for my second draft win, hopefully. Yeah, just just to recap the audience here. So we end the episode, it's very similar to how we ended the last episode. They're like, we're preparing for war. And they're like, well, with the right credits, we can recruit blah, 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 blah. And it's like, uh, then we get the Mando song here. So yeah, I, it, it, it seems basically confirmed to me at this point that the Mandalorian is going to show up here. Is that still, it's still not enough. But yeah, what does he even have anymore? Because he doesn't have the Razor Crest. Like what does he have? A couple guns. It could be all, all the people from Mando. Maybe they'll bring them in. Which, like at that point, isn't that how the Man- Mandalorian ended with like big team up? You know, and it's like, is every Star Wars show just like, all right, we're going to end the show with a big team of all your faves coming out to fight the enemy? I love it, but also it's like, does it get stale? Do we get Ahsoka? That's my question, Eric. Do you think we're getting Ahsoka? Like, is, is there any connective tissue here? No, what now? Because what is she? She's gonna come in and help Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, she, the, does she owe anything to Mando? I guess like she brought he no. brought him a Jedi. No, I, I see th- your bounty hunters before I see you. So like, yeah, I, you, I think you're gonna get your bounty hunters. I think you're gonna get your Bosk in here. Um, I think you're gonna get your Cad Bane for sure. Yes. Like all these things are gonna come true, Michael. Yes, I love it. You're just you're just listing off my cameo draft. So, yeah, Tommy might get Mando here, but I'm hoping for a final episode with Bosk and Cad Like a surprise, yeah. yeah. I think you get Bosk before the final episode. I think the final episode has something bigger in store. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, all right, guys, that takes us to the end here. Um, any closing thoughts? Can I, I just want to talk about one thing. Yes. 
in the in the um the bar the casino and also you know the cantina max rebo this is something that's been bothering me and it's like a point of contention on the internet max rebo is is playing that instrument with his feet right Okay, look, I've seen this. There's like original concept art, or I guess like even the original co- like the original costume was intended to be his feet. But if you look at him now, I, I don't see how it's his feet. There's so if you look at him, even in this episode, he's he's sitting on a platform that's level with that's it's like a cushion that's level with the the keys. There's nothing underneath him. Like that's it. He he's not sitting on a chair that's down here and he's playing like this. That's it. He just has two appendages. Would you be more impressed if he's playing it with his feet? I mean, that's all he has. He doesn't have. Well, I know. Arms. I'm saying if like if someone in general is like playing an instrument with their feet over like I know he doesn't like he has no other choice but yeah, clearly, yeah. Clearly. I feel like I would I would be more disgusted than I would be impressed. I'd be like. Did you wash your feet before you started touching the instrument? That's like I see a lot of people on TikTok, like a lot of gamers that are like, uh, "Hey, I'm a, I have no arms, but I can still play Xbox, and here's how." And they like play with their mouth and their feet. <coughs> so, that's but, all you've known, then that's just guess, how you to do it, right? I guess yeah, that's yeah. what annoys me about this topic is that like everyone says that it is his feet, but. I mean, like you can see his torso, you can see his his shoulders and his arms and his armpits. Like it's clearly like it's almost like he got cut in half, if anything. So I, it's weird to me that they say that, that that's his feet. Um, I think it's still his hands. I just don't think he has legs. Well, they're like, yeah. So he's just. Uh, well, then wouldn't it just be his feet then? What? That's I mean, point. it can be both, <laughs> I guess. But I, I guess it definitely is both. But it's weird to be like, oh, it's his feet. What if, he just like, has like really, like arms. what if he just has like really tiny feet, like no legs, and it's just no legs, we go right to foot, and it's just like underneath them. He's got know. one foot on the base of the bottom yeah, of his torso. Exactly. <laughs> uh, someday we'll get the 3D uh, model of uh Yeah. With all the toys, like the toys made a bunch of assumptions and they have like a full body thing, but that is not like that's not how it looks in the movie at all in any of the movies. Well, here's my. I, I thought you were going in this route, Eric. My complaint is like, um, I didn't think we get so much Max Rebo. Like, they he's a big deal on tap. Yeah, like he's a big deal here. <laughs> I guess he's like built up his reputation enough for him to be like. Uh, How many in? albums do you think he has? But why is he just in that one spot? Like, he should be like moving around if he was. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean it's it's probably one of the nicer cantinas, uh, just based on the looks and what we see from Oz Eisley and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But still, like even like the most high end bar in Nashville is not really a na- like somebody you really know. He should be selling out arenas. Yeah, like that's as far as you can get on on Tatooine. I mean, getting consistent work at a bar every day for <laughs> for a musician it sounds pretty nice. You know, a lot of times they only get maybe a gig a week, sometimes two or three, but every single day. You might have a good gig there, you know? And say regulars, you got to imagine they're probably sick of hearing the same old Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> Jesus. Like, how how much can he, like, different music can he play? <laughs> that is fair. Like, you're getting sick of the same stuff, like, within the same day if you're there all the time. Yeah. Uh, 
Sorry. <laughs> that, that was a good, that was a good uh, uh, tangent there we had. Um, but I, I want to move into a couple. Uh, Tommy, we haven't done this in a while. A couple news items. Let's do um, it. We get. Uh, well, I guess for, we'll we'll stick with the Star Wars stuff first. Um, we get. Uh, we got a six minute uh, preview of the Lego Star Wars game. Tommy, have you ever played a Lego Star Wars game before? Yeah, I, I think I played bits of Lego Star Wars. I was a big Lego uh, Harry Potter uh, player. So the Lego series is very fun. Uh, they, they have a good formula that works. So I haven't seen the trailer yet, but I, you know, any Lego games, I think they're going to knock it out of the park. What about you, Eric? Is this up your alley at all? No, sir. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, Tommy, just to preface, I've gone way back. Like uh, Lego Harry Potter as well for me. Um, they, uh, I, I even played... Um, like before, like it was even like an official series. They had like a PC game, and uh, I played that. Uh, but yeah, I, I played a little bit of Harry Potter, uh, like a, a Lego uh, Star Wars in the early days. But like honestly, it's a, it's the type of game that would never truly hold my attention. But I do recommend everyone go look up this uh, six minute video they just came out with. Um, it looks a lot of like it looks like they've really like improved like the gameplay dynamics, um, and also it's like it's the entire Skywalker saga. So. Um, it's almost like it's a cute way of like re-experiencing uh, Star Wars. So, yeah, nah. It's I, I think it's. Good. I think it'll be good for like kids. Like that's the thing with all these Lego things. It gets the kids started into Star Wars, then you get them into the movies, and then you only know, spoil some things. I guess that's the one thing about the Lego series. They love to put those Easter eggs um, of the movie, which is good. But yeah. Um, so well, let's move on to the Moon Knight trailer, Tommy. I know it's another thing you ever watched. For better or for worse, um, but uh, look, I, Tommy, it was very good. It looks very cool, and, and, and like specifically, like I know, like there's been a lot of hype around like Doctor Strange and like that being like the next horror feature from the MCU. I think this looks scarier than like it's looks scary. I'm excited. The one thing I did hear is people were the internet was a buzz about his accent. That's the thing I I heard the most of though. I don't know Eric, anything, so I'm taking your take from it. Yeah, you you have any opinions on all this, Eric? Is he not? Is he not British? I, I, what is he? What is he? I always just assume that every single Star Wars actor is British, but I, yeah. I don't truly know. Uh, yeah, they're not. Yeah, people are not happy about his British accent. He is Guatemalan. Oh, he's an American actor. Oh, I did not know. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, he's born in Guatemala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. people are likening it to uh, like Dick Van Dyke in um, uh, Mary Mary Poppins. <laughs> I guess my thing is, like, he's doing enough other stuff here. Like, there seems to be, like, a lot on the table here for him to work with as an actor. Like, he seems like he's really, pu like, pushing himself in ways that I've never seen Oscar Isaac push himself. Like, even in, like, Ex Machina is probably, like, I would say maybe his best performance that I have seen. Um, but here, it seems like he's truly going all out into, like, like, like a serious mental breakdown in ways that like uh i've never seen him take on a role like that so is is like the character and this might be given too much away but is that um is his character british in like the comics and stuff i actually did read a tommy you, this might surprise you i've read a little bit of the moon knight comics and uh, i don't remember that being a thing because i uh, just a little bit i've heard is that he has like uh multiple personalities so mm. maybe like it's an american character and like one of his personalities is British so he doesn't know how to do a British accent when he's British that's that right. I would like that's my yeah, theory I know a little bit about the different personalities it's really intriguing there's really I believe there's 
him and two others and like they or maybe three others but there's like it's it's i don't want to get too much into it but uh i think that's the, the interesting part of moon knight is like how it all works because one of the personalities is uh, you know I, I don't want to say i don't want to spoil moon knight we did not put a, a uh, hey watch out spoilers for moon knight so i don't want to say mm. too much yeah I, I guess my thing is um from the comic that I read, and I, I didn't finish it, to be fair. I didn't finish this round of comics, but I think the intriguing thing was, like, the question was, do we, is there even a Moon Knight? Like, he's so lost in himself that, like, and he does have these multiple personalities. It's like, is he even, like, is this, is Moon, is he even, like, like is he a hero in any sense of the word? Does he wear the costume in any sense? Like, I, I don't know, and I think that's going to be a fascinating thing to explore in this show, too. So, um, but clearly, because, like, I mean, he's going to wear that costume in, like, the next Avengers movie. So I, It's going to be so interesting. That's the one thing about Marvel is, like, is, like, all these characters are... Moon Knight's one of those characters, and I guess we said this about Guardians. It's going to be interesting to for me to see Moon Knight interacting with the rest of the Avengers and the rest of the heroes that already exist in this world. I think that's what intrigues me probably the most. Yeah, so... Well, all right, guys. Um... Let's move on to some recommendations. Um, Tommy, I'll throw it to you first. Do you have something for us? Yeah, I'm recommending it now so you can already know and be hyped, and I'm not telling you after it's already premiered. But now I can finally fully recommend that, <laughs> that next week, The Legends of Vox Machina, the D&D animated series that is uh, coming out on Amazon, is coming out next Thursday. You should watch it. Uh, I, I was telling Michael before that they today uh, released some of the cast besides the main cast. And there's some big names. David Tennant, you know, the Hound from Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm forgetting some other big names, but there's there's some big names in there. Um, and so, you know, if you like animated shows and you like fantasy Lord of the Rings, I think you should check it out. I think most people will like it. All right, Eric. Well, what do you got for us? Um, everybody should go watch um, the star of Boba Fett uh, episode four, Will Kirby in season two of Big Brother. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, but uh, I'm excited for Murderville uh, coming out on February 3rd. What is this? Uh, it's Will Arnett series on Netflix. So each week uh, he is a, he plays a detective. And he has to solve a murder, and there he has a, a guest star every week. Somebody comes in and guest stars with him, but they are not given the script, and they have to improvise with him. I love that. That is perfect. That, uh, that, uh, it's like much do no wrong. Yeah, it, kind of like it's like for me, it's like the combination of like Kirby enthusiasm and Nathan for you, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yes, so uh, we got all uh, in there. Conan O'Brien is going to be on an episode, so. Good stuff. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend something that maybe if I'm lucky, two people are gonna be able to access. Um, I I've mentioned before that uh, I got an Oculus. Um, if you have an Oculus, I'm gonna recommend my favorite game. I played a few now, um, but my favorite game is Gorn, and uh, it is a gladiator fighter game. And uh, look, if you listen to the title, there's gore. And I, I would assume that that's combined with porn. So gore porn is gorn. Um, it's very violent. Um, and even if like, like my wife is not the type to play like an action game, but it is very fun. Like take it. And there's like multiple weapons that you can choose from and multiple different enemy types. 
And it is like basically a sandbox gladiator game in VR. It is so much fun. Um, again, if, even if you don't think it's your type, I, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's probably one of the most active games I've played. It's it's the game that I've like come closest to hitting a wall in. Um, it's a lot of fun, so I definitely recommend Gorn if you have an Oculus. Or, I don't know, I don't know if it's other on other VR platforms, but there you have it. Michael, this is dangerous. I've already downloaded too many games on the Oculus, so maybe I'll have to check out Gorn. Gorn is a lot of fun. I, I still haven't played Vader Immortal. I haven't downloaded, though. Have you, have you played Vader I Immortal? I played a little bit of the first one. I really liked it. There's just too many. There's an Escape Room one that I'm in right now that I really enjoy. Uh, Beat Saber is a classic that I enjoy sometimes. So, yeah, Oculus, if you have the money and you want to treat yourself, I, I recommend it. I, I use it a lot. I, I actually use it to work out sometimes. Like, you know, you got to worry about the sweat. But it's like there's some cool fitness routines on the Oculus. And it makes it more fun because it's like you're hitting targets and stuff. Eric, are you a VR guy? Probably not. You don't even like Lego Star Wars. No, I uh... – yeah, I, uh, I'm not a video game. I, I wish I was, but uh, I have a wife that hates them and <laughs> kid that would break them. And yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, maybe one so. day I'll get back into it. All right. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us here today. I want to give you the chance to plug uh, what you got going on and where people can find you. Um, I'm all over social media. Sometimes I, I post stuff um, at the Bearded DJ everywhere. And I have a podcast. Uh, it's a parenting podcast. So, you know, most of your listeners will probably want to check that out. Um, it's called New Dad, Newer Dad. Um, I just got, uh, got done recording our 100th episode. Just before I jumped on here, uh, we were talking to uh, the preschool therapist, Ryan Allen, which was pretty awesome. Um, we just crossed a hundred thousand downloads, um, which is pretty dope. That's why. Uh, that's uh, new dad, newer dad. That's uh, that's what we got going on. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that. I'll, I'll give a link to that in the show notes. So if you want to just jump directly to that podcast after this, I encourage you to do so. Um, but I will go ahead and cl- again, Eric. Thank you so much. It's always a blast to have you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, I will, I will close this out here, but not without a couple thank yous to Aaron Robertson, who did our music, and Ethan Kellum, who did our logo. Uh, I also like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes, preferably five stars, and Spotify. That's a thing now. Rate us on Spotify. Do that. Um, and uh, please subscribe, because we'll be here every single week. And uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at StarWarsPod. And if you want to join our Discord community, you can message us there, and we will send you a link. But that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.